What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We have a Monday rundown with just Sean and I this week. Um, first, we jumped right in and we talked about the NBA playoffs. We went up and down, recapped a couple of old series, talked about some current series. Following that, we talked the MLB and the state of the putrid Yankees. And then we talked PGA and just bullshit a little bit for a while. So follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. We'll be talking to you later in the week and enjoy the pod. What's up, everybody, and welcome back into the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. It's just like old times today, Tom. Uh, we don't have Frenchie today. The draft is come and gone. He'll be back at a later date to recap everything, but it's just back to you and me, brother. How we doing? Finally got rid of Frenchie, man. What a pain in my ass. Oh, that was strong. That's not what you were saying to him on the pod. <laughs> you were ready to replace me. Oh, I love the guy. Thanks, thanks again to Frenchie. He's the man. Uh, him and Will Smith are kind of the staples on here uh, until we get start getting some higher profile guests. No offense to either of them, but yeah, thank you, thank you to him. That was a lot of fun, um, and I'd like to hear his reaction because the draft was a little wacky. Yeah, it was. I, I have no doubt that we will be going back and and bringing him on very soon, as it's still relatively fresh in everybody's mind in terms of how the teams did but I think just from the periphery I think both of us are pretty happy with what our teams did yeah I am the one thing I will say that was way more standout was I feel like the teams love the wide receivers a lot more than Frenchie did yeah um I think two is also like where these some of these guys were going you know I think the first one was was JSN right, and he was taken at twenty. Yeah, I was just I was just surprised that the way they're talking about these guys, you know, Frenchie kind of made it sound like at best some of these guys would be twos or threes on their team, and then I mean the Chargers, everybody's talking about the the guy that they took out of TCU that I don't want to say Frenchie hated, but he said that there was a lot of work to be done. We're talking they're talking about an instant plug and play kind of guy. I think what's interesting about how Frenchie evaluates players and how other guys evaluate players and are also talking on the draft is Frenchie's coming at it from a complete scout perspective, whereas, you know, this has been very much advertised as not a great draft. Frenchie said it. We heard Kuiper talk about it. The general consensus was it wasn't a great draft, but when your team takes an impact player at an impact position, you're, you're going to get excited. I also just think, like you said, it wasn't a great draft, so you kind of just got to talk yourself into it. You know, it's like it's like anything else when they're when the 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 cream is going to rise to the top, and the cream could be a thousand times better next year. But at the end of the day, the cream is still the cream this year. Exactly, you still got to take the players that can make an impact for your team, and I think it would have been very crazy to see a wide receiver. I mean, Frenchie had JSN mocked uh, to Atlanta at eight. Um, but it seemed that obviously that was not where the other teams were going. No, nah, Atlanta just went out and got a different skill position player, but that's neither here nor there. We're going to talk about that another day. Yeah, we'll save the rest of this, but uh, congrats to your Jets on a nice draft. Uh, I think my Giants did well, and now, Tom, I do want to seriously do a little bit of celebrating before we talk about game one against the Heat. We did not give this its due because we were in draft mode, but your New York Knicks won a playoff series in a very convincing manner last week against the Cavs. And I want you to kind of wax poetic and gloat a little bit. The floor is yours. 
Honestly, we should have seen it coming. It was a perfect matchup for the Knicks. Uh, there was a lot of things that were promising. Some alarming things for the future series, but I had a lot of fun watching it. Unfortunately, between your schedule and mine, we could not get a Monday rundown in last week in order to talk about this, but congratulations to the Knicks. Um, I mean, this is their first time advancing past the first round in, like, over, what is it, 10 years, something like that? Yeah, it was the first time since they beat Boston in the 2012-2013 season. Yep. Uh, Very exciting. Um, Extremely happy. This team feels more like a, I don't want to sound cliche or whatever, but our team in New York than any Mellow team ever did. Uh, And it really feels like we're building something here. A lot of young guys. Perfect matchup. First of all, Jared Allen's a bitch. We already said that. Mobley needs to go to work i don't know if hakeem is still doing those camps down there wherever he did it where it seemed like every superstar including point guards went to see him when it was time uh to learn how to play in the post he needs to go down there uh and he got bullied by randall when randall was healthy uh mitchell was hot and cold darius garland was completely just he's on the back of a milk carton um and it was the perfect storm because if there's one thing that the knicks can't do it's guard a wing guy and the Cavs had no wing players. Um, obviously, Brunson was incredible, and Mitchell Robinson was incredible. R.J. Barrett stepped up big time, uh, and the rest of the team, I have to say, left a lot to be desired. I mean, you won in five games. It was never really close. Um, I think from a Knicks fan's perspective, it was probably the best-case scenario, right? Like, Yeah, I oh, would have been – I would have been – a lot more I'm kind of more even keeled right now I would have been a lot happier had we talked about this pre the game where Kyle Lowry played like it was uh you know 2018 again no I hear you and, and I and I think that obviously in a perfect world we would have given the Knicks their due prior to them starting uh their next series but honestly man it was a perfect situation for a Knicks fan here you're facing against Donovan Mitchell the narratives are all there everybody's willing and ready to pounce if if Mitchell goes off at the Garden or single-handedly beats the Knicks after them not getting him, and you would have had to come on this pod, and everybody else would have had to talk about how the Knicks fucked up again. And you absolutely embarrassed him, and now we're talking about Donovan Mitchell. We're far way away from that 2020 bubble uh, postseason for him, man. He's been bad in the last two playoffs. Completely agree. Uh, And and our acquisition just completely, 110% outplayed him. And I do want this to be, you know, just mentioned for just reference point is I've seen a lot of Knicks fans saying, I'm so glad we got Brunson instead of Mitchell. You were going to have both of them. Yeah, we could have gotten both. It was not a Brunson was already signed, sealed, delivered press conference. done. It wasn't an either or no, no, it was not. I saw some of that going around and I just wanted to clarify that, that that was not the case, but Congratulations to your Knicks, man. Seriously, I think it is a brand of basketball New York Knicks fans can really rally around. Uh, it is lunch pail. It is, you know, you have your starting point guard. My God, how different is that than two years ago when Alfred Payton was getting minutes? Um, now you just got to hope Randall's healthy. But I guess, do you want to say anything else on that Cleveland series, or do you want to talk about game one that happened yesterday? Game one is looming. I've got really nothing else to say. I was a lot happier when that's than that series ended than now. Um, I still think 
let's just jump right into the Heat series. I still think the Knicks can win this. I think the Knicks are going to get this one in six. A lot of adjustments need to be made. And listen, I, we said it on one of our NFL pods when Frenchie and I were talking about it. I just have to give Tibbs like a shit ton of credit because I have shit talked him relentlessly to where he doesn't go away from his veterans and whatnot. After the All-Star break, I mean, the guys that he was playing, like, for example, Fournier and, and players like that are just a thing of the past. He plays, he's playing Barrett again. He's playing Quentin Grimes. He's playing quickly. He's giving a Mitchell the leash to where he was able to get the confidence up to where he basically was Wilt Chamberlain 2.0 out there. I thought he just did an amazing job with the rotation and actually played our best players, which just happened to be some of the young guys. And he did an amazing job. And I'm confident that he's going to make adjustments in game two. Yeah. I mean, the biggest adjustment from game one to game two is hopefully you have a healthy Julius Randle. Well, yeah. Uh, Because you missed him yesterday. You missed him big time. 100%. Uh, We need somebody to give Bam a hard time down low on the offensive end just because Mitchell Robinson's more of a rebounder, kind of just a pick and roll kind of rim running, dunking kind of guy. But aside from that, yeah, we need somebody to keep Bam occupied so he can't contest those kind of shots, which opens up. Brunson to be able to do what he does in his herky-jerky game. Um, And honestly, we just need Grimes I'd like to see healthy, but we just need Hart can't be shooting air balls. And quickly, I really need you to step the fuck up. You're probably going to win sixth man of the year this year. I need you to step up on both sides of the ball. Um, Kind of a head-scratcher there. Simmons said it on his podcast, and I was thinking the same thing. Jimmy Butler had an ankle injury, which, I mean, shit, when it happened, I thought he was going to miss the rest of the series, clearly compromised, and we're not going at him. And and you're letting Kyle Lowry, who, I mean, at this point, he looked as out of shape as I am right now throughout the season. You're letting <laughs> him bitch you? I mean, come on, man. Let's We need to make adjustments in the second game, and I think we're going to take this one at home. Well, I hate to break it to you, but... Uh... Emmanuel quickly did not win six man of the year. Malcolm Brogdon did. So, Oh shit. Uh, well, I didn't so know they that, released that. Well, yeah, regardless, so, runner up. So, fine. Yeah. There you go. I just wanted to let that be known, but he, uh, he's not been good in this postseason. I think it's fair to say that he struggled. He was one of the very few Knicks that struggled in the Cleveland series and he wasn't very good yesterday. But again, I think the biggest adjustments quote unquote that the Knicks have to make is your starting point guard Brunson, who was unbelievable in the Cleveland series, had his worst game of the postseason the other day. And, and that's fine. That's going to happen. Get it out of the way. Also, you need Julius Randle back, and if he's not at 100%, you need him at least as a decoy because I think he averaged like 26.5 against the Heat in the games that they played this year, So, including that crazy three that he took. And again, you're going to have to live with some of his carelessness and nonsense and hero ball, but you can't replace 25 points a game, which is what he is. Not at all. I mean, we need him at this point. Uh, Do I want to need him with the kind of player he is? He's the most frustrating star. I'm not going to say superstar star but he was he is a multiple time all-star he's the most frustrating star in the league but he is what he is and we need him he's our second best player there's no doubt about it and again you're gonna kind of do the yo-yo with Barrett is you want to ride the highs of his good games and just when you think that that's going to become the norm he's gonna throw up a clunker and that's Mm -hmm. just the player he is you just gotta Um, hope that when he throws up the clunker it's the quickly game where he gets 25 
Yeah, or do it when you know you're already not playing well and, and throw it and throw it aside. I don't think that you're going to see many more of these Kyle Lowry games. Uh, but again, we didn't really have the chance to give the Heat their due either, and it feels weird to recap series that ended like five days ago. We have to though, Jimmy Jordan. Oh, we have to. Yeah, I mean, dude went for fifty six in Game Four, and then he came right back and hit that unbelievable shot at the buzzer to end regulation. And then, you know, the Heat end up winning game five in Milwaukee. What a choke job by Milwaukee, by the way. They have some serious evaluating to do in yeah, their offseason. We but can talk about this that. This is what the Heat are, man. I mean, the, yeah. the difference about this Heat, and this is the last point, and then, I'll let, and then I'll let you go on, is I know they were an eight seed, and I know we saw them get waxed by Atlanta in their first play-in game before they beat Chicago. Shout out to but Atlanta, by the way, for putting up a fight. Yeah, they put up a good fight against the Celtics. Uh, they've got a lot of offseason questions to answer as well. But, you know, the thing about this Milwaukee team, man, or Milwaukee team, Miami team, this is not like a traditional eight seed that's been kind of like hovering around mediocrity. They were in game seven of the Eastern Conference final last year and hosted that game. Well, like, can we talk about, I mean, <laughs> the Warriors aren't a typical what is it six seed and the lakers aren't a typical exactly. seven seed this, exactly this, this is you know this this tournament harkens back to the ncaa tournament anybody can fucking win it this year it's it's a hundred percent wide open um and the knicks and the heat are kind of mirror images of each other in the sense is you have your one alpha and the rest of the team is you've just gotta you've gotta hope that there's a collection that you know look at this Miami team with Struess and now you've got Duncan Robinson who was in the doghouse for, for how long he's hitting big two threes. years. You got Gabe Vincent. <laughs> yeah. Like this collection on ensemble of players. Meanwhile, you bring in the Kevin love who hasn't played really any important games in a long time. He's making these outlet passes that for some reason the Knicks can't adjust to. I think you're going to be fine. I think Nixon six is a good pick, but you better, you better hold down home court in game two. If we lose game two, I'm going to completely flip the script the next time we come on here and probably pick the Heat. This is a must. I know it's not a must-win game, but as Michael K would say, it's a must-win that's not a must-win. Um, yeah, I mean, amazing job by the Heat. We'll talk about the Bucks in our off-season recap. There's definitely a lot of question marks there. I, I still think Giannis is the best player in the league. A lot of people are slamming the panic button, and I understand that. I'm going to chalk a lot of that up to a back injury that everybody seems to be forgetting. Um, but with that being said, yeah, I mean, Jimmy Jordan was incredible. I mean, I I might have to make a list, Sean, and list, you know, he's a top 20 player in the regular season, but I think there's probably only maybe four or five guys you'd rather have in the playoffs, and, the, and maybe not even that. Can you think of another example of this off the top of your head? Because I really can't. Not in I mean, another baseball. example where, yeah, I was going to say another example where a player, I mean, he's an all-star, give him his due in the regular season, but he steps up to a top five player and all NBA first team, probably starter on any all decade team in the playoffs. No, I can't baseball. I probably can like, I mean, Bernie Williams was a nice player in the regular season, and then he was—he's one of the greatest postseason players of all time. That's kind of what comes to mind. Andy Pettit. That too, absolutely. Another guy who's probably not going to be, who isn't a Hall of Famer, but you know, is is a Hall of Famer in my eyes because of what he did in the po- postseason. Obviously, we're homers here. We're naming just Yankees, but those are... I would say Schilling. I would put Schilling in that Schilling category. for sure. Another guy who was a couple-time All-Star in the regular season and then, 
you just remember him for the bloody sock, what he did on Arizona when they beat the Yankees. He seems to really bitch the Yankees a lot. Um, yeah, uh, there's there's a lot of guys in baseball that it's like once we get to the postseason, these guys are different. Um, I mean, I think, I David think honestly, Eckstein? <laughs> yeah, David him? Eckstein. Nice pull. Yeah, Thank the you. shortstop for the Angels and then the Cardinals. I think Eli, right? I think you yeah, there Eli you go. In category. There you yeah. go. Another guy, I mean, I guess you could go with Joe Flacco, although it was kind of lightning in a bottle one year. Yeah, his was just the one yeah, year. I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not going to put him there, but – I can't just because basketball is such a I'm I'm not it's obviously a team sport but it's like your stars are your stars kind of thing where it's like if you're great in the regular season postseason usually carries over I can't really think of another player that be, that goes from a top star to a complete and utter superstar in the postseason like this can you I can't either no, I can't. I really because if you really name a player, it's like oh, it's like if you go Michael Jordan or Larry Bird, it's like no, those dudes were amazing all the time. Right. It's like you're Jason Kidd. It's like no, he was great all the time. Yeah. The first ballot Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's it's weird, man. You you said that very well. It's just a different sport. Um, but seriously, what he does when the lights shine bright, it is like he's like a fucking superhero. Yeah. Like he just he just does shit to the degree that you see your LeBrons and you see your Durants and it sounds so ridiculous to put him in the same conversation, but when it's playoff time, he is. A hundred percent. There's not a guy I don't think I would outside of maybe Durant and I guess LeBron Curry. I, maybe Curry. Yeah, we're gonna not talk maybe. about Steph. For sure Curry. No, yeah, <laughs> that that you would rather have. No, honestly. not at all. Not at, I might put him over Durant at this point. Mm. Just settle in, just settling into his team and whatever. I guess Durant's pretty plug and play. You could flip a coin there, but just the fact that we're putting Jimmy Butler in the same breath is uh, a testament to what he does in the postseason over the last basically since uh, the Heat made that finals run in the bubble. Um, amazing player, uh, and he's really making a case for his Hall of Fame resume. Oh yeah, he's there. He's there on what he's done in the especially playoffs. for oh, basketball. Wow. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And he's still a very good regular season he's player. Very good player. It's yeah, not like just... it's not like he's, um, you know, I don't know Robert Ory, where it's just like a no. oh, great role player. No, he's an all star in the regular season. Just takes it up about five level levels in the postseason. Uh, let's talk about the game last night. What a fun Real game fast, to watch. Before we do, Tom, I just need your quick confidence level. Scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the lowest, 5 being the highest. Uh, level confidence for game 2 in your Knicks. 5 is right in the middle. I guess I'll give it a 6.2. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going decimals here, man. I'm, I I don't know. I don't I don't feel amazing, but I do think that they're going to win. So, I'll go just above 50% at 62%. All right. Fine enough. Sorry is to that cut fair? you off. That's fair. That's fair. I'm a little higher. I, I think the Knicks. Seventy percent for you. 70, Seventy to seventy-three percent. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. I'm glad we played the percent game there. Uh, before we move on to just what a performance last night, and I want to talk about that. Sixers, Celtics. Uh, I think the Celtics are gonna fucking demolish the Sixers. I think. I think the Hawks are is gonna be a better series for the Celtics than the Sixers. I think it still goes six. Um, but it doesn't I feel think, like six. It's one of those. Yeah, I, I think Maxie's going to have a game 
where he he kind of wills the Sixers to a win. I think you're going to get whatever you are out of Harden. And Adam Embiid, I think even while compromise is going to have one game where he's just amazing. Other than that, I think the Celtics take it. They're just too much better of a team. Yeah, I think it's a six-game series, but we look at it as like a five-game series for the Celtics. Yep. I, I truly think, think right. that the Hawks are more of a challenge for the Celtics than this team. And and we might be talking about that just because Trey Young hit a game winner, and that's that makes that series look a lot more difficult. But, yeah, I, I think the Celtics are going to handle this pretty easily. All right, let's talk about the GOAT here. The GOAT. All I right. fucking – I let me tell you, I had a parlay in – tweet, by the way. All t- yes, all time blunder last night. I after a round of golf, I I was laying in bed before Michaela went to work. I had a Steph Curry forty point over forty point plus scoring parlayed with a Warriors alternate spread minus ten and a half that was going to win me a ton of money, and I fell asleep before I put the bet in, and then the game oh, started. Oh no. I just had such a feeling and and I was talking to my buddy. So I played golf with about this yesterday and they're like, well, the Warriors sucked on the road and you know, Sacramento was very good at home. And I was like, what are we talking about here? This is the fucking golden state warrior defending champ. Steph Curry is going to step up. And of course he stepped up even bigger than I could have imagined. 120 to 100. It probably wasn't even that close because they called off the dogs with the last two minutes, putting the, putting the, putting the seniors in on senior night with, Moody coming in and and the rest of those jokers. I mean, between him and Looney, who has done it the last two years, he's turned into another Jimmy Butler-esque player with 20-plus rebounds, just really stepping up. Steph Curry, what a night last night. Guy... And, and it wasn't like a 2016 Steph Curry where he's running off screens and you can't catch up to him. He was bodying people in the paint, reverse layups, just scoring at all three levels, setting Clay up when he needed to. Amazing game. Just truly put the team on his back because Clay had a terrible game outside of a few threes, including a four point play. Um, What's his face? Uh, Jordan Poole had a terrible game. Draymond was chucking up bricks. It was basically the Looney and Steph show, and they needed every single one of those points out of Curry. He was amazing. You know, it's this version of Curry is so fucking fun. I think you know the fact he's thirty five years old is pretty crazy. He's a bully uh, now. His career didn't really get started until about his fourth or fifth year in the league because he was always dealing with those ankle and feet injuries. Um, but he really changed his body. I mean, he's tough. He's strong. He's physical. He can fight through strings, uh, through screens. He can yep. apply the pressure himself. And that was the mo on him early in his career. I mean, yeah, you look at up. look at the games against the Clippers with Chris Paul. Just beat the shit out of him, and it's over. Now try that, and he's going right by you for a layup. Yep, a hundred percent. And what I love about him is he is such that alpha, despite. People, you know, you look at like the LeBron physicality and you look at the Durant efficiency and Curry just has that mouthpiece hanging out of his fucking mouth as he makes a free throw after missing two uncharacteristically and just celebrating like, ha see, I mean, like just lightening the fucking mood with that team where you can still see that Draymond and Poole situation is not great. Clay is struggling. Dude, I mean, what did he finish with? What did he go? Three of like 17 last night or something? I mean, he was terrible. And what I loved about just this whole version of the Warriors is, you know, they go on the road. And I think that narrative is fine for the first two games. 
But then it's like you're playing a series against a team. You know, when you're going on the road, it's like, okay, some of those are back-to-back. Some of them are in weird cities. Some of them are on a Tuesday night in, in February. They're not really the same as when you get to hold down a full series against a team and know everything about them. When they got blown out at home in Game 6 with a chance to win the series, I think that there was a lot of popular belief that, okay, they they're everyone's holding that road uh, stigma against them. And the Kings are going to light the beam at home. And again, you said it perfectly. These are the defending champs. And these, <laughs> Steph Curry is not going to let them lose a game seven in the first round on the road to the Kings, even though the Kings had a great year. 50 points is the most ever in a game seven, uh, beating Durant, who had 47 a couple of years ago. Unbelievable. Truly unbelievable. And we are just seeing... These these post these playoff games, man. This season, we are seeing truly some of the best work by guys that we either thought were kind of going into the sunset, or guys that we you know might have been dismissing because we want the Jaws of the world and the Lucas of the world, even though he's not in the postseason. But you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like no, do not forget about Steph. Do not forget about Jimmy Butler. They're Stone Cold Killers and LeBron and LeBron too in year a hundred. He's still so. Uh, by the way, I have I hate the Grizzlies with a burning passion. Yeah, uh, I I don't think that's an unpopular take. It has done. A, they've done a complete one eighty. Uh, ja has, and the rest of that team has. Uh, and and we might as well segue right into that with the Lakers moving on to face the Warriors uh, in one of the most anticipated second round series uh, ever in recent memory. This is basically LeBron going back to face the Warriors. Uh, this is LeBron versus the Warriors. What? This is version... They did it three times in the finals, so this is version four? Yep. Um, I'm fired up for this series. We don't, we'll talk about the Grizzlies in the offseason. They're pussies. Um, That's all I want to say. Fuck Dylan Brooks. Fuck that team. You guys are the most absolutely not ready for the big moment yet talking a big game team I've ever seen. Saw a big saw a quote video of Michael Jordan from the last dance saying, you know, anybody can talk shit when they're up, but it's the guy who talks shit when you're tired or you're down, aka Jimmy Jordan. Um <laughs> and and they're definitely front runners and they're pussies. Um see you later. I'm glad they lost. I, I'm excited to see the Lakers. Let's see if Anthony Davis can get back to this is not even going to be a series unless Anthony Davis can get back to the way he was playing the last three weeks of the season. Uh, LeBron LeBron did a pretty good job carrying that team with the rest of the bench there, but I don't think he can do it for seven games against the Warriors. Uh, how many games does this go, and who wins it for you? I've really spent a lot of time thinking about this series today after listening to Simmons and Rosillo. I mean, first of all, I know you said you're happy about this series. I don't think anybody's happier than uh, Adam Silver right now. So, uh, yeah, and everybody in the NBA league office. Um, this isn't tough, man. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Warriors in seven. I'm going Warriors in six. I don't want to discount this Lakers team though, man. I know it's, it's, it's hard to, and it's like op, the reverse recency bias. I just remember how much they sucked pre-trade deadline when they made all these deals. Um, I don't know. I just I got a hunch about this Warriors team, man. I just think they're they 
they kind of played possum a little bit in that first series, and I think Steph just just unlocked something there. Well, we and had last year. Of course, and I just don't think there's anybody that can stop Steph Curry. I also don't know if there's anybody that can stop LeBron. I mean, I, I actually, weirdly enough, feel better about the supporting cast on the Lakers. Mm. Uh, I don't and I'm blame not you. Davis. I'm, I'm, th- I'm counting the Vanderbilts of the world and the D'Angelo Russells and the Rui Hachimoras. Like, hey, I feel don't like those forget guys about yes. the great White Hope, Austin Reeves. I don't even consider him a role player. I feel like he's the third best player on that team. <laughs> it's the big three right there. I mean, it is. I think. I think it's LeBron Davis and and Reeves. He's been unbelievable. Uh, but I am talking about those the Ruiz and the Vanderbilts and the Beasleys. All I mean, you need I is think, one big game out of one of those guys each. Right. Right. And I don't think, despite how just masterful Looney was, as you as you expressed in Game Seven, he's not. He's he's just not going to be able to do that same thing against Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis can stay in there. Um, so I think that I, from yeah. that vantage point, I, I just don't trust this warriors. He did warriors do it against Sabonis, like, though. I mean, I guess different types I know, of players Sabonis is not a D man he's on the defensive not. end. Not at all. Yeah. I don't know. How about you? You said, you said six. So I'm going six because I think Draymond's going to be heard from. I think Clay's going to be heard from. I think Poole, who in my opinion is the only guy on the Warriors that is a bit of a front runner, and if the Warriors go up two to one, I think he's going to have an electric game. Yeah. Um, I just and 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 we can't forget about Wiggins either. I know. And I think I think you know between Draymond and Wiggins. And Kaminga, if he can get some minutes in there, they're going to be able to just make LeBron work enough to where it's going to become like, all right, Anthony Davis, let's see it. And I don't know if he's going to be able to do it. And there's nobody on the other side of the ball that can stop Curry, period. No, there's not. Oh, my God. I mean, he is going to be wearing D'Angelo. I'm not saying LeBron's going to get stopped, but I think they're going to wear LeBron out with with all the length and size that they have. I, I do need to see more from Wiggins. Uh, he did not look very comfortable being back, and I, how could he? I mean, he's missed so much time. He could not shoot uh, for the life of him. No. I'm hoping that he just steps up on the defensive end, and and Clay Clay's the guy I need to see get hot for two or three games. And that's my concern. Is you want to talk about wearing LeBron out? I think there is going to be some kind of mission statement from the Lakers saying, "Hey, listen, we can't do anything against Steph, but." We want more of those contested shots and play tough defense, get up and in on Clay. Because we see he just he wears down as the game goes on because defensively he's not the same player and he's not he doesn't have that same level of explosion to get to the cup or make those quick cuts. He really has to just rely on a shot. A hundred percent. I I so you have the Warriors winning in seven, I have the Warriors winning in six, so we can both agree there. Uh Nuggets Suns. If I'm a Suns fan right now, I'm smashing the panic button because it seems to be a two-man show and then pretty much nothing else. Well, it's very evident that over the span of three, four, five games, they are still figuring each other out. You know, Durant moves in and you said, I mean, you could just put him into any situation and he's going to be great, but... 
there are times where he doesn't seem to be alpha and is it Booker's turn? Now, Booker shot, what was it, 46% from three in that Clippers series. And the Clippers were not ready to beat them, obviously, with Kawhi and Paul George out. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think we have overlooked this Nuggets team on Phillips' pod. You and I both kind of just scoffed at them. We took the Suns and said, all right, good luck with those Nuggets. I mean, the Nuggets know who they are, and they've been playing together a hell of a lot longer than this Suns team. And the last thing I'll say on the Suns, man, we we see it. Their depth is not good. It they don't, is not good at all. They don't shoot enough threes. Their depth is terrible on both sides of the basketball. Chris Paul needs to score more than, what did he score, seven fucking points in that first game? Something like that? I mean, yeah. Honestly, I I think the Nuggets are going to win pretty handily because I think the Suns just we really underestimated the lack of depth when they gave up everything to your Nets for Kevin Durant. Um, Which they had to do, by the way. People need to shut up about saying should they have done that or not. You do it every time. Yeah, no, I agree. Could they have maybe held on to one or two players? Maybe, but whatever. The deal had to get done. It's Kevin Durant. You're planning for three year, three-year window, not a one-year window. It's just for me, I just don't think this is their year. They just don't have the depth to do it because in order to win this series, I think that, and it was said on the Simmons pod, and I completely agree that I thought it when I was watching the game, I mean, I had KD and Booker on the over for their points. I had them both going over 30, and they easily would have had the game not gotten so out of hand that they benched them. Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are going to have to average combined probably 70 points a game in order for them to have any chance if this is the way the rest of this team is going to play. I think they're going to be able to win two games just because I think Chris Paul is going to be able to do better than this. But the rest of the team, I'm not confident that they can do any better than what they did. No, I I don't think so either. And again, you're seeing it was masked in that Clippers series because they were able to take advantage of a severely undermanned team. Um, But they didn't look perfectly comfortable all the time, even when they were winning those games. The two things that stood out the most to me in game one, Murray looks back. He looks like he did oh, yeah. in, in the bubble, scoring 50. Dude is a absolute, just add him to the list of stone cold killers when he's right. And I know he's dealt with a myriad of injuries, but he's been awesome. And the other thing too, I mean, DeAndre Ayton, I, I am getting so sick and tired of watching him play. I, he just does not give consistent effort at all, and they need him. I mean, you're not going to stop Jokic. I get that. But can you at least like just put a body on him? You were one of the best players on that Suns team that went to game six of the finals two years ago, for God's sakes. He's not been anything comparable to what that version of him was. And I'm if I'm Durant, if I'm Booker, if I'm Chris Paul, who really made, he shouldn't always have the right to talk, but I know how badly he wants to win. You just get up in his face and be like, "Do you want this or not?" Because they do. Him That's what's crazy. Vantage point, I don't think he really cares. Yeah, I mean, want it more, man. Again, I, I, Jokic is, you know, a two-time MVP, one of the best offensive players ever in the regular season. But you got to make him work on both ends. I mean, Aiton is like the perfect center for Jokic. Um, because, I mean, the guy can move around, he can stay in front of him, and he can also shoot the mid-range and and bring it inside. It's just, again, like you said, it's just the fucking lack of effort. It just makes me want to pull my hair out, because this guy, you're not going to stop Jokic, but you could make it so that he has to go sit down because he's tired. 
and you can score. I mean, you cannot have these two of nine games. I mean, they at least go to the free throw line. He's a decent free throw shooter, too. He just has games where he just floats in and out, and they can't afford that. They need him to be a legitimate option for where this team is. And TJ Warren hasn't given them shit. And um, who is the other guy that they brought in uh, from Orlando? Terrence Ross hasn't given them shit. You know, and again, it's a new team. And the worst thing that happened for them was when they acquired Durant and then he got hurt again in warmups and missed another three weeks. I, I had to explain this away with my nets a lot. You know, you, you think that just because you have star studded players are going to walk in and talent will always win. But cohesion in these playoffs matter too. And they don't really have any of it. Exactly. No, I agree. I think the Nuggets are going to win this series pretty handily. Really? You say handily. So how many games? I think it's going to be kind of like a Sixers Celtics. I think it's going to be six games, but it's going to feel like five. I have the Nuggets winning game seven at home. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, if if Murray, who looks all the way back, plays like that, and if Aiton can't do anything for for uh, against Jokic, then there's really not much for me to say there. Kevin Durant and Booker can combine for 100, and I still think – the Nuggets are going to be able to score 125 like they did <laughs> yeah, and beat them. They're, they're a prolific scoring team. The last note I'll say on the Suns, um, they're going to unfortunately have to go into this situation, so I can't say hopefully they avoid it. They can't because of their lack of depth. They're going to have to rush into playing Durant like 45 minutes, 43 minutes a game. That's not something you want to do with a guy that's dealt with two bad injuries this year yeah. and his age. Completely agree with you. They've got Durant locked up for a few years, and they obviously have Booker locked up for a long time. Um, they could either trade Eaton or rebuild. I don't know what they're going to do with Paul, but I think next year and the year following is going to be their time to talk because they need to build up the depth on this team and play together a little bit more. All right, let's talk MLB if we have to. Oh, do yeah, we, have, we to? have to? Yeah, we should. Yankees, they fell out of the, uh, I checked the MLB power rankings today, they fell out of the top 10. Uh, the injury bug yet again, Sean. Shocker. You know, I was contemplating this when I was writing up the notes. I'm like, do I go on a rant? And it feels hollow because we've been doing this rant every year. Yeah, we can't. I'm checked out already. <laughs> and there's no, there's not going to be any kind of blue balls or cock tees coming my way from this Yankee team this year unlike last year when they were the best team in baseball through what mid-July Tom they're tied with the Red Sox they're so poorly constructed and so poorly set up for this kind of injury bug that was bound to hit now I will say even for the biggest skeptic of the New York Yankees this is a bit overkill but again I'm gonna say it about Cashman I don't know how you don't address left field. I just truly don't. Aaron Hicks is still on this roster. He's losing at bats to Franchi Cordero, who, yeah, it was a really fun week. Uh, Willie Calhoun, who is statistically the worst offensive player in baseball since 2021, which I find shocking because uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa and Aaron Hicks are on this team. And when now you have Aaron Judge sitting on the I.L. with his hip strain, the one guy you couldn't afford to lose, this lineup is an absolute Not joke. to mention Stan, obviously. We mentioned that last time. And again, for me is with Stanton, you're going to have to understand he's a guy who's 
going to miss time. It's like the star in the NBA. who's You're like your Anthony Davis. You just hope to God that by the postseason, he can give you three or four healthy weeks. But you have to have coverage for when he inevitably misses a big chunk of time during the regular season. And surprise, surprise, the Yankees were not in position to do that. Have you seen the year Matt Carpenter's having, by the way? He's raking in San Diego. You couldn't bring him back, but you have these weird depth guys. And again, Aaron fucking Hicks. And I'm tired of complaining about Aaron Hicks because he's just bad at baseball. He's been bad at baseball for a really long time outside of that outlier season five years ago that got him a contract extension. Like, he shouldn't be playing, and yet he is. And you're watching this rotation with Clark Schmidt, who's not a starter at all. Herman will be hit or miss. Brito should not be in the rotation, so I can't really even get mad at him. It's just a shit show. I understand that bad luck happens, but they're so poorly equipped to take care of these injuries. And it's the same old shit every year, man. I really, I'm just defeated. I'm broken. It's like, this is what they are. And Cashman got a four-year deal so anybody who wants to say oh brian cashman is his job on the hot seat no it isn't lack of preparation facilitates bad luck my friend facts uh that's all i have to say unprepared when you're hanging on you know when your entire season hangs on by one player like it did last year this shit is gonna happen luckily last year aaron judge Stayed healthy all year, and he had one of the best offensive seasons in the history of baseball, which got him a fat contract as well as the MVP. Uh, but, yeah. you know, we went into this year. We should What the Yankees should have done was said, all right, listen, we got lucky last year. We had a great year from Judge, and, you know, we won 100 games and whatever. But we need to make adjustments this year and get some guys in to help him out. I mean, I I like that they're playing Volpe. He needs to play the entire year. Again, my big motto, it's time to shit or get off the pot with some of these young prospects, which Brian Cashman seems to have a hard time doing. But at least they're doing it. He's stubborn with the guys, right? It's like they promoted Volpe because they all knew internally that IKF was no longer going to be the shortstop. So it was either Peraza or Volpe, and Volpe won the job. Great. And I like watching Peraza. He's been up, too, with the injury to um, to Donaldson. But, again, look at the guys that got hurt. Like, how do you not have coverage for DJ LeMahieu, who has missed time each of the last several years? And, again, I don't want to blame Cashman. As all of this is a collective. Like, it's not all bad moves, right? Like, at the time when the Yankees re-signed uh, DJ. I mean, come on, a, didn't I? There would have been a revolt from Yankee fans if they didn't resign. I, him. They, came off two I said if they didn't resign him, I was going to stop watching. Exactly. So you have that, and then you have, you know, like Carlos Rodon. We all wanted Carlos Rodon. Every Yankee fan in the world was, was ready with pitchforks and torches if he didn't pony up the money for Carlos Rodon. Well, he's hurt because, you know what, outside of last year, he's been hurt a lot in his career. It's, it's again, though, it's like the Donaldson's. Like you have a 37-year-old third baseman who's been dealing with lower leg injuries for the last couple of years. What do you mean that you're not prepared for when he inevitably is going to get hurt again? Yep. Stanton, and LeMahieu, Judge, LeMahieu. Judge, Judge, I don't really want to say anything. This was kind of a fluke thing, and he's been very – he's It was, but on. outside of last year, dude, Judge no, gets two hurt. Two years ago, 21, 2021, he wasn't hurt either. Judge gets Judge usually has a stint. I mean, come on. Judge, how long has he been in the league? Outside of two years, he has a stint on the IL every single year. I mean, you and Stanton, it's like 
if I'm FanDuel and they, they were sick enough to give me injury odds, it's probably minus 1,000 that Stanton is going to spend at least, you know, a, a week on the IL every single season. And it's way again, more than though, a week. It is circumstantial because Stanton, again, those are all soft tissue injuries. One of the judge, I understand it, but at the end of the day, on the wrist with a pitch. at the end of the day, the let's thing. call a spade a spade. I mean, I mean, fucking Stanton is injury prone. We know yes. that. And you need to be better prepared for this with players. To and plug again, in. I'm asking, where is Matt Carpenter? He wasn't going to cost you anything. Exactly. He but, didn't cost you anything. Yeah, but th- but then the Yankees, I mean, how much money are we paying fucking Josh Donaldson? And that's the thing. It's like uh, we got we to gotta stay under the luxury tax. We got to do this. I mean, I understand the fact that they spent a, a ton of money on Rodon, but it's like if you don't make that deal, the thing that's looming, that's the linchpin for all this shit is the deal that he made to get rid of fucking Gary Sanchez. That's what it is. The fact that you were so unwilling to just cut ties with him heading into the last year of his contract in which he was making exactly. really nothing. You had to get some quote-unquote value for him. Who was a nice player. You had to not only take on IKF, who was never going to be anything more than a stopgap shortstop anyway, and $50 million of Josh Donaldson's contract. Makes me sick. And then you've doubled down on it by not getting another player and not, and then, you know, again, it's like IKF is this, and then you refuse to trade for Luis Castillo because you, you don't want to part with your prospects. All of these prospects are sitting down in AAA while you watch IKF play shortstop every day as you're floundering only to replace him in the most important time of the season. Like, it doesn't make sense. Frankie Montas, you acquire him knowing his shoulders hurt and you don't care? I mean, it, it, these are the moves to me, with, along with Hicks, where it's like he shows his stubbornness that drives me nuts. Just take an L on it, dude. We saw the Mets do it with Cano the other, like, last year. And fucking, uh, who is it? The Epler and... Uh, Obviously, Steve Cohen, they never even made that deal. But they're like, we can't have him on the team and taking bat, taking away uh, you know, time from Guillaume and some of these other players. Yep. Get him the fuck out. Hicks is making $10 million a year. He's not making forty. And again, it's like they just keep running their head into the wall. And I can understand if it's only Houston that's beating you up, but Tampa has our number. Even those weird Red Sox seasons, they have our number in the postseason now. Baltimore's playing better. Toronto's playing better. Like, it's just an absolute shit show with this team and how half-pregnant they are. Oh, well, we can't possibly replace Aaron Hicks. He's, you know, we believe there's something in there. We love Josh Donaldson. No, you don't. You just can't move him. At this point, call call up the Martian or call up anybody else. At this point, Sean... It'll never happen. But would no. you be would you be okay with a rebuild? I, I struggle with this because we saw Judge. Well, it's never going to be in baseball. You don't have to do a full rebuild. We saw in 2016 with some big contracts on the books that they kind of switched things up a little bit and went youth movement. And again, I think the problem that the Yankees do all the time is that what their words do not match their actions. So if you say we're trying to win a World Series, yet you're very happy playing Aaron Hicks every day, I can't tell you that you actually are being sincere about that. But if you were to say, listen, we're finally cutting ties with some of these guys. 
Uh, Oswald Peraza is going to play second base every day. Anthony Volpe is going to play shortstop every day. We're going to call up uh, Dominguez. We're going to do this. I would be okay with that. And shit, maybe you catch lightning in a bottle like they did in 2016 when they called up Sanchez and Judge and Tyler Austin and he almost made the fucking playoffs. I can at least palette that. What I can't pout is why is Anthony Volpe playing short while Isaiah kiner left is my center fielder as Bader's out, and I have to watch fucking Josh Donaldson play third base? Like, that doesn't make any sense. You're caught completely in the middle of what you're trying to say. Yeah. What about you? Would you be okay with a rebuild? I mean, like you said, in baseball you don't have to do a full-on rebuild, but it's like it's just we need to – you need to just be – quick and you need to cut ties with guys not even quick i mean hicks is not quick glaber torres at this point hitting 245 is not quick it's just like i don't want to give up on torres i mean come on half of my but fucking life savings is in his rookie card give up on torres because they have peraza and they have volpe who they refuse to trade so it's like well you have to be giving up on him right and it's like well maybe not really <laughs> what, are you, what are you guys doing well, yeah, and it's just we're completely half pregnant, and I mean, this isn't a bigger topic in baseball just at, throughout the league just because the White Sox are so fucking bad and a few other teams, but I mean, Jesus Christ, this this season is just feels like it's going to be really depressing. Like, the last couple of seasons have sucked the way they ended, but at least the Yankees made the playoffs and whatnot. I, this year, I wouldn't be shocked if they just completely missed the playoffs, even though fucking, it seems like every team in baseball at this point has a slot in the playoffs. And that's why they won't do it until they absolutely have to, which will be literally July 31st. And by the way, I know it isn't in our notes, but no Reynolds for us either. Yeah, no, he signed the extension with Pittsburgh. So it, it just sucks, man. It just sucks to constantly wonder what the mission statement with this team is. And I really don't want to be one of those Yankee fans that's, oh, it's only World Series. Or I would love to go to a press conference and just be like, all right, Cash, but can you, can you give me a three-year plan? Like, what are we doing here? Okay, so I'm so happy you said that because even though I pride myself on trying to be as rational as I possibly can with this Yankee team, baseball is not what it was when they were rattling off four championships in five years and going to the World Series all the time. It's much different now and you have much more parity and better teams and we've spoken about that a lot on this podcast. But when your GM and owner are saying it's World Series or bust, I don't blame the irrational fans for taking that literally. I don't take it literally because I do truly believe that when you get into the playoffs, it, a lot it's like the hockey playoffs or this year's NBA playoffs. Really, anybody can, can win a series or two. The Phillies went to the World Series. They had one of the worst records in the first couple months last year. The Nationals in 2019 were a sub-500 team in May. It happens all the time. But what I can't tolerate is when you're constantly facing an opponent that is so head and shoulders above you and you're saying it's a crapshoot. It's not. And we were lucky we didn't have to play Tampa or Toronto in the playoffs last year. We probably would have been picked off by them. Yeah, man. It's bleak this year. It's just I that's just, the only way I could describe it. <laughs> I think it's bleak, and I think, it again, it just reiterates what we've been talking about on this pod since 2018. They say they're committed to winning a world championship, yet their roster is ill-prepared. And I will find, I will end this whole thing by saying this about Cashman. If he if, and Michael K says this on his radio show all the time, and I and I don't think he's wrong. 
If the Yankees let Brian Cashman go, he would have a job in baseball in five minutes. And that's probably true. And he wins a lot of those fringe trades. And he overall is a much better general manager than a bad general manager. With that being said, sometimes you need an organizational philosophical change. And we see it across the board in sports. He's been the GM since 1998. That's a long fucking time. Okay? 25 years in the same job. The game has changed. No matter how many people you bring in or not, that you are still looking at baseball through a prism of what it was like in 2003 and 4. But oh, by the way, the Yankees are not spending as much money as they did in 2003 or 4. So they have to be more analytically driven. And it seems evidently that they're not in the same class as Houston, as Tampa, as Toronto, and some of these other teams. Yeah, and we don't have to talk about analytics. I mean, go listen to any pl- any pod that mentions baseball in the description. I've uh, we've both complained about the Yankees analytics using it as a crutch as opposed to a tool. That's all we have and to their say. Their analytics aren't, aren't as good as other teams because yep. that is one thing I hate when Yankee fans are like, oh, well, they're too analytically driven. There's nobody more analytically driven than Houston and the Dodgers and the Rays, but those just teams are I feel better. Like they're using better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's all the same math. They just have better better people at crunching the numbers. Yeah, better mathematicians. And they apply it better, which is the only thing that fucking matters is how you apply it. You can throw all these goddamn numbers at me, but what does that mean to who runs out on the field? They're all PhD engineers. Oh, fuck them. Grad students. Our our analytics are like grad students that are happy for their first job. (sighs) Whatever. Let's... Let's move on. Let's talk a little Mets. Um, things look a that little felt good, though. We had to get that off our chest. We did, and honestly, Sean, like if this shit keeps up, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to just we have to mention the Yankees because we're Yankees fans. We're a New York centric pod. I wouldn't, you know, if they keep this shit up, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to just being like, yeah, this isn't our year. They suck every single time. <laughs> that would make for very boring podcast. It would, but I mean, if this shit keeps up, it would also make for a very boring podcast if we say the same thing every week. Well, it's not going to be as impassioned all the time. It's it's more so just we're pointing it out. Yeah. This is what they are this year. I agree with you. Um, let's see how long you stay committed to this. It seems like every year they get you hook, line, and sinker, but this year just... I said it felt different last year when they were rattling off wins. It feels different this year in the opposite way. I was in this headspace to begin last year, and then they won like every day for two and a half months. But this year, I'm in the same mindset that I was in when they lost to Houston, and I've been justified. But that's the thing about baseball is, like you said, you mentioned the Nationals back in 2019. You mentioned the Phillies last year. This team is not any of those teams. A couple of trades. <laughs> they're not going to do it. No, Let's they're not. Mets. They're not. Uh, yeah, I feel a little bit better about the Mets. What about you? I mean, they only have one more win than the Yankees, but I mean, again, it's just their offense is is trash. It is. Uh, Alonzo's been raking. Um, Beatty has come know up that. and has played very well. Yeah. But, but there's is. just so many holes. I'm more worried about the this rotation. Um, I mean, it's I know they signed two, they have two future Hall of Famers on their pitching staff, but I mean, I think they're a lot closer to the end of the career than the Mets may have anticipated. Well, and that's where they have to get a little bit of blame 
for the lack of depth in their rotation because you do have to – I mean, Scherzer, this is not new with him. He's he's missed time in each of the last couple seasons. He even had that dead arm when he got traded at the Dodgers where he couldn't finish, finish a playoff series. <clears throat> but you're looking at Scherzer. It's like, yeah, he's – or uh, Verlander. He's been great, but he's 40 years old, man. He's going to miss some time. Peterson has not been good. Uh, McGill has not been good. Nope. They and, let listen. They're they're the stain on their record is they let Tajon Walker and Chris Bassett walk. Right. They could have had one know, of the two, and they would have been in a lot better shape. I do like Sanga, even though he has been good, not great. I do like him as a pitcher. I think he'll look a lot nicer in that number three spot. I agree. If that ever happens, though, because it might just be one of those years where Verlander and Scherzer is hurt all the time. Yeah. Well, well, we should mention too. Scherzer's not missing any time because of his uh, because of injury. He's missing time because of that crazy suspension that he got for the sticky stuff. Hey, I I like trying to get an edge. Just don't get caught. (laughs) That whole situation was weird. I don't want to go into full detail, but it's like the same umpire has gotten three guys, and he's the only one that's done it. So, you think he's a crooked cop? You think he's planting drugs on him? I think there's a very good chance, man. Listen, there's a pattern here. I'm just, I'm just saying what it is. Maybe he's got a little scratch on the game. I think that there should be some investigation into some of these umpires. I'll dive a little deeper. All about them. I, I, I want to maybe send a PI onto Phil Cuzzy. Can we just on. talk really quick about the Pirates? Twenty and nine. Oh, without O'Neill Cruz. I know. What the fuck is going on? That team is an is outside of Reynolds and obviously Cruz you mentioned and a few other ancillary pieces. That's a minor league roster, and they don't even have double digit losses yet. No, they've been really, really good. Um, Baseball is just weird this year, dude. I mean, the Dodgers are barely above five hundred. Cubbies are playing well. San Diego is barely above five hundred. You got the Cardinals in the basement of the NL Central, just just whacked. And my they fucking suck. White Sox, by the way. They I mean, suck ass. What is? What do you have to do? What, what do you have to bl- do? We can't blame your boy Larusa. He's gone. No, I. I mean, I know Moncada got off to an amazing start, and then of course he got hurt. But I just, I don't. This team just doesn't make any sense. I don't know how they can lose that many games in a row because you would run into enough wins alone with Cease or Kopech. You know, or uh, Giolito in the rotation. Kopech sucks. And that's the thing is, like, he sucks, but can you at least give me one good start from time to time? Yeah. And this lineup blows. I mean, you bring in Ben and Tendi, he hasn't done anything. No. And then, uh, obviously, I mean, did you see Luis Robert the other night jogging to first base on a ball that was easily an infield single? If you haven't watched it, you got to cue it up. It, I know. He's he, one of the fastest guys in baseball. A pure five-tool player was supposed to be the next Mike Trout, but he just doesn't have that Mike Trout attitude. He should be suspended without pay for <laughs> several games. Bold. Seriously. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. I, 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 don't, I guess you didn't see it. It was as bad as I've ever seen from a young <sighs> player in the midst of a 10-game losing streak on a team with legitimate a- expectations. Yeah, now, They've been chokers for the last couple of years, but wow. I think I had him winning the division yet again. I'm going to pick him again next year. Fuck it. I'm already saying it. (laughs) (laughs) Should we move on? I'm done with baseball. It's like really depressing this year. Well, let's move on to a sport and a gentleman that I know you feel very fondly about. Oh, Mr. 
Mr. Top 5 Tony, no longer Top 5 Tony. He's got as many fucking rings as Jordan now. Six wins, baby. <laughs> I'm only kidding by that. Obviously, he still doesn't have a major uh, to his name. But uh, another great win by Tony. He came in second last year. He went out and grabbed it this year. And he held off the undebatable best player on earth right now, John Rahm, who I'm glad he's taken this week off in the Wells Fargo because that guy has got to be gassed, just exhausted. Oh, my God. I mean, I was surprised he was even playing in this event, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he didn't want to take too many weeks off and get a $3 million <laughs> fine like Rory. Have you seen he's made like $14 million on tour this year? crazy another 20 million dollar purse coming up this week for the wells fargo but it is a pretty good field by the way it's tough to pick them um but yeah that was we we also by the way sean i got to give you your due because we didn't um we didn't talk we didn't, didn't recap we didn't recap our zurich and then we never picked for the mexico because we didn't do a monday rundown but it's neither here nor there we did about five hours of potting last week so it is what it is it feels like a month ago but you fucking beat me, not even understanding. The, Don't give me any credit. You I told beat you me, not even it. understanding the 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 layout of the tournament, and you still fucking beat me. And then you say, "Don't give me any credit," but you beat me. Um, <laughs> I didn't even do the math, but you had a thirteenth place, a sixth place, a fourth place, and a cut. I had a fourth place a seventh place and a 23rd place in a cut um i'm gonna assume that's that's i'm just gonna go ahead and give you the point there just based off the law of averages you're beating me five to four now just to clear things up i was aware of the team and i did see that i just completely disregarded the fact that i actually needed to pick teams <laughs> Instead of just single players, I was kind of caught in that live situation. Do I count the team? Well, it is it is different because it's a combined score. I understand that. Literally, what I'm trying to say is, I wonder what lives. I wonder what lives ratings were this past weekend. I saw. I popped on Hulu to watch the um, to watch something on on Saturday or or yesterday. I think it was yesterday, and I was like, "Oh, lives playing," Hmm. and then I just completely disregarded it. I do wonder, uh, the NLU guys talked about it on their recap of the Mexico Open pod, but they were like, you know, does this give you any more cachet that you're at least watching some of those players if you were to check in on Liv, that these guys are coming back from having just played in a major and will be playing in more majors? Like, prior to that, you had no measuring stick, really. Yeah. I'm just, I think great golfers are great golfers. I'm just excited to have Brooks back, it seems like. Yeah, I think he had a really good weekend in Singapore, if I'm not mistaken. Good. Um, all right, you ready to preview the Wells Fargo? Shout out to Top Five Tony. One of he's obviously solidified in my ultimate foursome that I love. Um, he is no longer Top Five Tony. He's got six wins on tour, and he's got uh, like four or five in the last two or three years. So let's win the big one, Tony. Um, I do not have him in my foursome, but you won. So, previewing the Wells Fargo Championship at Quail Hollow, which I believe is in one of the Carolinas. I don't know. Charlotte. Okay, so North Carolina. Makes North sense. North Carolina. Apparently, it's a, a very lovely course. So, go ahead and give me your foursome. All right. My foursome this week is Keegan Bradley, Tommy Fleetwood, Victor Hovland, and Colin Morikawa. 
And I'm going to take Colin Morikawa as my all right winner. Keegan Bradley, Tommy Fleetwood, Colin Morikawa. Who is the other one? Victor Hovland. And Colin is winning it for you this week. Okay. For me, I have Patrick Cantlay. <laughs> of course you do. Hey, listen, this tournament is a it, – it, this is the typical tournament for Cantlay to win, so I have him on my list. Ricky Fowler, Rory McIlroy, who's had a couple of weeks to think about what happened at Augusta. And then I have winning it, Cam Young. Also is a little bit poorer since then, too. Yeah, true. He needs to get that money back and whatever cut the first place winner of that $20 million purse, that'll definitely help. And, yeah, I have Cam Young winning it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I got to say, Cantlay is never a bad pick because he really has been for all the jokes we make about him, and they're justified. He's been playing some exceptional golf this whole season. He's always hanging around. He's a great bet to always make the cut, great bet to always top 25. Just don't pick him to win on any tournament that matters because um, he just, you know, his penis just tucks itself into his body. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that's not maybe that explains the slow play. <laughs> it might. Oh my god. I saw a video where I forgot what it was, but Patrick Cantley took so long. I I it was just unbelievable. You drive me nuts. I mean, he would just drive me nuts. Yep. No, maybe listen. the PGA can institute the PGA and all the major championships. Maybe they can institute this new pitch clock that baseball's <laughs> had. It's worked I mean, very they, well. They do have a system where uh, you basically get put on the clock. I don't know. I, I I don't know the specifics of it. I'd have to look it up for the you. Clock but is this? Is it like one? No, it's it's a system where it's like if you're if you're so far behind the group in front of you or whatever, you get you get put on a clock, and you get like I a think, warning. And then if you get hit again, I think you lose a stroke or two. I'm not sure how it works, but I, I do know, know there's a clock. There has to be something. I think, like, after a while, like, either the group behind you gets the right to just play and and just dis- just disregard you. Maybe a patron gets the right to throw something at him to hurry up. Or, I think you uh, just I, get – I think if it's that long, I think you should have a consensus where it's, it's like, as Patrick Cantlay asked the rest of the players, has he taken too long? It could be, um, it could be anonymous – but I think if you if it goes above fifty percent, then he's automatically DQ'd. I like it. I mean, you've got to you've got to have these penalties um, because it's it's actually there needs to ridiculous. be rules and they need to be enforced, or else nobody Damn will obey them. What is this world, Tom? Without rules, come on. I I couldn't agree more, man. I could not agree more. You got anything else going on? It's been a while since we got to chat because Frenchie did a whole lot of talking. It has been a while, and yes, that was his lane. Uh, no, let's see. Two, I am two weeks out from the bachelor party of my brother. Um, That's so in Lake George, is it? It's up in, like, Gardner, New York. Never like heard right of it. over the bridge near, like, uh, it's the town over from New Paltz. Oh, uh, so it's right over the Newburgh Beacon? Yeah. I was so, up in Newburgh today, actually, doing, uh, doing a job. Great views, I have to say. Very... Uh, not a great area, but great views. It is pretty up there. You've got like all those little towns tucked into the Hudson. Um, yeah, my brother, I think I've said it on the pod, but he's, we just got a Verbo that is like right on the lake and lots of yard games, and he just wants to hang out. And then we, we're doing paintball, and we're doing a distillery and brewery tour as well, and he wants to get a little golf in. Um, nice. Well, so. Paintball, be, huh? 
Yeah, he was like, let's think of an event that like a bunch of people can do because he was like, you know, it's going to be a pain in the ass to organize, you know, a, f- four foursomes with people have to who are traveling from out of state and have to travel with clubs or rent clubs. Like, It'll be a pain in the ass. So let's do something else. He's like, I haven't done that in a while, and that could be fun. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Whatever you want to do, man. It's your weekend. So. I've never done paintball before. Have you? I've actually done it a couple times, not in a while, but I've had a, I've had a good time every time I've done it. Does it hurt? Yeah, if you get hit in the wrong spot, it can hurt like a bitch. Mm. My nose a little welt, but it is a fun time. It's a good way to kill a couple hours, and we do that early Saturday and then hit a brewery or distillery on the way back, and then otherwise just camp out and hang. Oh, well, you need one of those weekends. And you got two weeks. It'll be mid-May. I'm hoping the weather is good for you. It has been quite rainy recently, but hopefully in a couple weeks it'll be in the 60s. Just perfect. Nice spring weather for you in upstate New York. There we go. What's been going on with you? You played yesterday. How'd you do? Um, Not well, but it was also pissing rain out. And I was just scared to really go after the ball. I should have played geriatric, as my friends like to say, but I was kind of <laughs> caught in between. Um, but I've been I've been hitting the ball pretty well lately, hitting it far. I mean, distance is never really my problem, just keeping it straight. But I, I've been playing better lately. Um, friends and I finally found a club that we joined. Uh, very excited about that. Um, yeah, no. Um, hopefully, hopefully the weather is better. Because it was has there, been super miserable lately. Was there a feast? There was actually. Um, we went to uh, the dispensary in New Jersey, Ooh. and then we went to Halal Guys, which originally started out as a a food cart in the city, and now they have a bunch of. It's like a chain. Uh, pretty good. There's one down here. Is there? I don't know if it's the same owners, but yeah, there's a there's a halal. It probably point. is. If it's called Halal Guys and it's a red and yellow logo, then it is. Um, that's apparently the original. A little disappointing that they didn't have lamb. I always expect lamb. Oh, yeah. But they did cook the beef properly on the spit, so I wasn't that upset about it. Meal was pretty solid. Yeah, that's some good food. You always like the lamb with the gyro. But it's a nap food, dude. It's It's good. It's good stuff. Yeah, no. Do you do you go do you go with the pita with the euro or do you go with the platter? Depends. Uh, I don't like sticky hands, so I always go platter. Mix over rice. See, that's just a good call. I've done both. I I have no particular priority one way or the other. I have done both. The platter is always good. Um, Sometimes I just want to eat the fucking the pita and be good. Yeah. I mean, I usually do that when I go to a Greek place, I get a nice Euro, but when I go to a halal place, I stick straight up to the platter. It's nice to hear Euro. I hear, I've heard so many people in my life call it a gyro. It's not a gyro. I, sometimes I get caught in between. I don't want to offend anybody. So, you know, if we're having a conversation, I'll, I'll say Euro and gyro in the same sentence, <laughs> but I'm more of a Euro guy. People are going to be confused. And yeah. I think you're talking about two different things. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much all that's going on for me. Watching Succession right now. Great show. I don't know if you've How ever seen How many more it. episodes are there? No, no it's please. season four. I'm about halfway through, Michaela and I. I. I'm waiting on her to watch, although I'm dying to watch it tonight. But I'll just watch The Sopranos for like the fifth time. Um, nice. I, I, I think there's like two left to end the season. I'm not sure. Is it the last season? Yeah. Yeah, it they is, said right? there's no more after this, which... 
I'm cool with. I always like a leave you wanting more than give you too much. You know what I like with shows is you're always not to watch them because you don't. Well, most <laughs> was that fine, good one. <laughs> Although I have watched The Sopranos, and I told you I've watched that in full. Um, but there's the the catch twenty two with shows is you know you you want more when it's really good, and then they keep it hanging around, and then and the writing complain that it's not as good. Yeah, they run out of shit. I'd rather ended it when it did. Exactly, I'd rather be in the camp of. And that while it's still hot, keep people wanting more. You become a hot writer, make another show, or make a prequel, or a, or whatever they call that thing. You know, like they did for Yellowstone. Which, by the way, I stopped yeah, watching prequel, Yellowstone. Yeah, right. I, I I haven't watched the last season or anything. It's like how many times can oh we gotta save the ranch? It's like oh how many times can you do that? Same thing as the show Prison Break. Remember that? Did you ever see the show I Prison do. Break? I remember it. I didn't. They fucking it. they they get out of the prison in America, and then somehow they find their way down to Mexico or something. Then they get stuck in another prison. It's like, oh, here we go. You're in another prison. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, you're doing a really bad job of breaking out of prisons and staying broken out. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I like when they ended early. Now, I have to ask you just to make sure that you've watched the entire Sopranos. How did Tony kill Christopher? It's been a long time, man. <laughs> Come on. If you watch The Sopranos, you'd remember this. Now I'm going to the stand, and I'm going to say, I I don't remember. I, I don't have it all down, man. I think I watched it in, like, 2010. I think well, that was it. So. Listen, if, if anybody has It would has be like watching it for the first time, but I do have on my ledger that it's the same with Mad Men. I don't remember all, a much a lot about Mad Men. If anybody that in like three weeks. Mad Men was one of those shows where I wish they ended it like a little bit earlier. Um, if anybody hasn't seen The Sopranos, then just end the podcast here or fast forward the next 30 seconds. They got in a car accident. Christopher was coughing up blood. Tony held his nose till he died. What do you think of the ending? We just talk about the end of The Sopranos. Of course. I, I don't know. I think I think they just they didn't know what the hell to do. That's my point about like succession and stuff. It's like you just you you don't know what the hell to just do. Just land the damn plane. That's everybody's all. Everybody's complaining about it, and then that's it. So I think that succession's doing the right thing. It sounds like this season's been riveting. So good. So far, so good. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you would even keep up with. Yellowstone and all these other shows. Nah, I mean, fuck that show. Too, too fucking long. Yeah, I mean that's my complaint, and I got to complain about Long Islanders real quick. Oh, just a special. I mean, listen, there's good people and there's bad people everywhere. Don't get me wrong, and there's I'm sure there's some great Long Islanders. I met a few of them while I was out there working, but just a special, special kind of trash. This is strong. Yeah, well, I, I listen, I had to... Do we I, have a part of the island that we hate more than others? Is it kind of the island Is it in totality? What's going on? I mean, it's it's obviously, you know, it's not the Hamptons, although the, that comes with their own type of people. It's just like, I was a Port <laughs> Jeff, and it's just like, get the fuck away from me. Ugh. It's just, it's just a special kind of trash. That's all it is. How does it compare to your feelings about Staten Island? Hmm. <sighs> <sighs> tough, tough. Staten Island just doesn't 
<laughs> Staten Island is just the dump. That's why they call it the dump yeah, for a put, reason. I probably put you in a tough predicament there. Might have some listeners. Spent a there. lot of time in both places, both for work, not for pleasure. Um, good food in both spots. You can find really good food in both spots. Hit me up. I mean, if, it is the New York tri-state area. Yeah, hit me up at Sorry Sports if you need a good, you know, good some good food, good pokey out there. Believe it or not, good pizza, good, good, um, good Greek food, good halal food as well. Everything they got everything out there in both islands. But yeah, I, I'd have to pick. I'd have to pick Long Island over Staten Island. There's a lot of towns that I could live in in Long Island. Staten Island as a whole, I wouldn't want to live anywhere there. No, no, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, there's some very, very well-to-do places out on the out on the island. No doubt about it. All right, man, you got anything else? No, man. It's basically just start of another week, and you know we're sitting pretty. We got to do our own pod, uh, which felt nice. It really has been a time crunch and. We have Frenchie on here pretty soon to go over the draft, and we're into spring, man. Spring is full speed away, and man, I, I am I'm hoping that your Knicks and some other teams can continue to be a distraction. I think you're talking about the Yankees. That would be correct. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, go Knicks. Let's get game two. If we don't get game two, this series is over. Agreed. All go right, everybody. It. Take care, everybody.